Denver's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Chasing Poker Greatness with your host, Brad Wilson. Welcome, 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 my friend, to the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, Brad Wilson. And today's guest on the show is WSOP Gold Bracelet winner, WPT champ, and WPT tournament of champions champ, who has cashed for $4.2 million in live tournaments, Matthew Waxman. Matt's pretty much the perfect guest for a long-form interview. When the lights came on, dude came out swinging, throwing down greatness bomb after greatness bomb without ever running out of steam. After what felt like 15 minutes of being fully immersed in Matt's poker journey, I looked down at the clock and 1.5 hours had zoomed by like magic. The bad news is that I did that thing where I only ask my guests two of my prepared questions— but the good news is Matt's going to be coming back on in the very near future to mesmerize me once again. When our round two goes down, I fully expect to share with you some behind-the-scenes stories featuring the late, great Gavin Smith. In today's conversation with Matt, you're going to hear stories about his first-ever live poker experience, which involves him leaving his high school to head to a smoky casino where his friend hit the Royal Flush jackpot, the time he sat down at 2040 No Limit at the Commerce with his entire bankroll on the table so that he could win enough money to buy in directly to the LAPC main event the following day, the story of how his bankroll exploded overnight with a six-figure day where he took down an F-Tops event he didn't even want to play, and much, much more. And before you dive into today's conversation with Matt, if you'd like to support Chasing Poker Greatness while also taking the necessary first step towards playing winning cash game poker, Preflop Bootcamp fires back up on the last Saturday of every month. The place to check that out is ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash bootcamp. And now, without any further ado, I bring to you WSOP and WPT Champ the founder of PokerRhythm.com, and the briefly ranked number one poker player in the entire multiverse, Matt Waxman. Matt, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm doing great. This is like, as we were talking about in the pre-podcast meeting, this is my last scheduled thing on the agenda of the week, yours as well. So just going to wind down, you know, kind of relax, have a great conversation. Yeah, let's do it, man. I got a lot of time, so happy to be here. Perfect. Uh, what I, I want to start out by asking you, what's something about you that most people don't know? Wow. Uh, that most people don't know. Hmm. I like art. Really? Yeah, I, I, do, I, do, so I do a little bit of painting. Little bit of, little bit of art here and there. Yeah, I see the uh, the Joker with a bunch of money. Um, in, that, in the that one's not mine. That was actually my my old neighbor actually painted that. Um, he's he's in Florida. His name is Alex Yost. Very, very talented guy. Where does the love of art come from? It's been something throughout your whole life. 
Uh, hmm. I mean, I don't think so. I never really got into it um, when I was younger. I would have like art class or something like that in school, and I'd be like, that would be cool. I, w- I would never be like too thrilled about it. Uh, I was more of like a sports guy when I was growing up, but I, I don't know. I guess some sometimes, like I mean, I've I've played piano since I was a kid. I got forced into playing it when I was like uh, seven. From like seven to fourteen, I was forced to take piano lessons by my parents, and I just wanted to play soccer, like basketball, tennis. I, like I, I was just all I just always wanted to be outside playing sports, competing with my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but they forced me to play play music, and I was just like, guys, why do I got to do this? And they're like, you go to high school, you can make up your own mind. You don't have to do it anymore. I'm like, really? They're like, yeah. So I go to, right when I get to high school, I'm like, I'm done. Like, I'm out of here. And and that, the, the funniest part now, they always told me, they said, you're going to regret this when you're older. Trust me, you're going to regret it. And I'm like, yeah, all right. Who wants to learn music? And like now, I love like I love like I love piano. I'll play it, but like I'm just not that good. I'm okay. Um, but like I, it's just such a great outlet. Art, art is such a great outlet. Like when you get like stressed about stuff and like your, your mind is just on something that's like troubling you, uh, just finding like a canvas or like a, a musical, some, some way to like express yourself, like however you want to do it. it like you get out all that like frustration and like, yeah, I think it's really, I think it's really healthy to have something like that. So I think that's where I might have got more into art over these last few years. Um, you know, I'll just like it, it's only when I'm like super stressed out, though. You know, I've been pretty good lately, so I haven't really been doing anything. But um, but yeah, it's like it's it's good therapy. It, it's interesting with children, right? Like this rebel against the authority figures in, in our lives, right? It's almost like like as a parent myself, we have to kind of trick our kids <laughs> into thinking that it's their idea and that it's something that like they're passionate about pursuing instead of forcing it on them like i i remember being the same way like my grandmother would force me to watch movies that i didn't want to watch right and it didn't even have to do with like my interest level in the specific thing it's just like i don't want to be forced to do something um i want to have control over my own choices and yeah, it's just a lesson that, like, yeah, of course, the people who are older are much more, are much wiser and know what's in our best interest much better than we do. But if they tell us what to do, it's like, fuck that. Like, we're just going to, we're going to do what we want to do. I don't want to do that, even though I know it's good for me. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, but to just to counter your point a little bit, something that's been a theme for me is like, realizing that a lot of these like little kids like these younger even like animals or stuff like they're they know stuff we don't you know they they have they have some they have some good thoughts in there and i think that like as an older person like at least me i'll, I'll tend to like overlook that a lot like no you can't possibly know what's best for you and like you know i'll, I'll just think like that but like i'm developing this attitude where i'm more like willing to learn from anyone or anything and I, I think it's pretty rewarding. Yeah, for sure. Like to think that we know more about every single thing than any human on the planet, I think is is a little bit arrogant, right? Like there's there are things to learn from just every human being, whether it be just the kindness or trust that kids place in our fellow man when we get a little bit cynical, right? These are lessons and wisdom that we can learn from our from our own kids and. Yeah, I, I'm with you 
there's even like some like innate features in beings that like you know we can just observe and like learn from you know it's like stuff that people don't even have to try to, to understand like it's just there they just have it yeah you know, th there was a thing I, I remember this like release of adrenaline that i never really never thought about but basically like if a rabbit gets chased by a predator um and it gets away it lays on the ground and then like its body convulses and shakes for a period of time and then it like gets up and goes and lives its rabbit life but it's like basically oh, wow. it's like releasing the adrenaline and everything the fear it's just like getting it out of its system and it's like wow like that makes a lot of sense right like as a mechanism that kind of keeps the rabbit going but yeah it's just we, we can learn a lot of things through nature and just the behavior of animals and things that we think are like kind of beneath us right we we have this great way of forgetting that human beings are animals ourselves we we kind of think we're just like greater and different yeah. than all the other things that's actually like a really cool fact about the rabbit i i uh that makes sense man like you pull like a, a triple barrel bluff and like when you're first starting out in poker and you're like on that river and you're like trying not to shake, but you know, like, you're like, Oh man, I can't, how did I, how did I check raise seven high in the turn with no draw? And now I'm shoving the river for the tournament. I've been working for these chips all day. Like what's going on? What am I doing? You're just like trying, you're just trying to act like, yeah, I got, the <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I got it here. You're, you're going to fold. And then it's like just like the big, like whether afterwards you just like go lay on the ground and like start shaking out your adrenaline. Just... Yeah, that's that's what I want to see. I want to see poker players laying on the dirty carpet, just shaking on the ground. <laughs> You're in the middle of, in the middle of the poker room, just like. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh oh man. man! All right. Um, so, tell me the story of how you got into cards. Like, what what did, what does that look like? When did you first get into playing poker, or even? card playing before poker yeah um okay yeah so my grand aunt aunt mimi rest in peace she would come over every day when i was like a kid young when i lived in new jersey i was like five six seven like she would she would just come over at least like maybe like once a week or something like I, i'd see her often and she would always just bring a deck of cards and that's how I'd spend, like, she'd kind of, like, babysit me, and that's how we'd spend time. She would just, she would just play cards with me. Uh, she taught me gin rummy. It might not be the same version that everyone else plays, but, like, we, I would always play gin rummy with her. Uh, she taught me this game, Casino. I don't remember how to play it anymore. Uh, the Ten and Diamonds was a good card, I think. And, yeah, so I, I just got into cards, into rummy, and I would always play with her. I think she would always let me win. Like, I, I have a feeling she would just, like, like, she had, like, literally, like, you know six seven eight nine all spades and like and like and like two eights in her hand and then like i drop an eight and she's probably like passing on it just to like because i won so much uh and i guess she tricked me into thinking i was really good at car maybe she, maybe i did win i don't know but uh i think she would let me win and um and we would just be playing cards since i was a kid and then we would play poker for like pennies and stuff like that but then like you know i kind of was just more into sports and, and i wasn't so much into into cards itself until um until high school, like when I was a junior in study hall, we would just like, we weren't allowed to play cards. And like they would, every time the principal saw us, they would just take the deck deck of cards from us. Uh, but we would have like a sheet because you can't have money out. And we'd have a sheet where like we owe a dollar, dollar, dollar. Like by the end of the day, if you won like 40 bucks, it was a great day, you know? And we'd be in high school just playing cards. Marconi uh, was the guy that just won the World Series. 
and we would just like have our backpacks like in a circle and like act like we're all like studying but like in the, in the middle we're playing like follow the queen which is like a stud variation uh where like the card that comes after a queen is like wild so if like there's two queens up then whatever used to be wild there's no longer it was it's a crazy game and we would just play all these different different like forms of poker um we used to play this game called like uh i don't know can i curse on it like that's yeah. where as they shit yeah i don't i don't know if you're how wholesome your audience is you, you can yeah. say whatever word comes to your mind i, I will yeah, we'll try it. to <laughs> and just bleep it if you got you uh it, it was called shit on your neighbor we would call it uh and that's a game where you deal everyone like a card down right and then you look at your card and then you can either switch it with the guy the guy or girl on your left uh or you can stay and then you, the goal is to not be the lowest card at the end of the thing so like if you have a a three and someone switches with you and then they give you a five then you're just like oh i'll stay because they're stuck with a three so you know you win uh and you just got to pick whether to switch or stay in the dealer if you take their card they're allowed to hit from the top of the deck and then you'd have like three lives and we would play this game uh in study hall or like at lunch in, yeah. in school like, we would always just like try to follow, <laughs> like like before class started like in the morning like for five minutes we're like playing heads up like just like real quick like like stud heads up and and like just put in a quick five or ten bucks. I'm already thinking about strategy on the shit on your neighbor game. It's like, oh, I got a deuce. Like, I'm going to keep this card so that the dude next to me switches. Like, I guess there's all kinds of, like, bluffing and different strategy. I see a theme of, like, this anti-authority type type theme of, like, yeah, you take my cards away. We're still going to bring more cards. Like we're just going. We, yeah, to, we would have. We up. would all have like three decks in our bag, and they, they would never. We would never get into like a lot of a lot of trouble over it, unless we would just like blatantly just like take a deck out and like disrespect them like right after. Like we would all like go back and start studying and like, and then be like, all right, it's been it's been like thirty minutes. Like you, like, you guys want to try to run it back again? <laughs> you know, like it, it was. It, we were all good kids. You know, none of us were like really causing that much trouble. We just wanted to, we just wanted to gamble. Yeah. Um, it's fun. <sighs> But yeah, so then I would just play cards like that. I remember one day, this is like the worst I've ever been in school probably. Because uh, I, I mean, I, I genuinely was like not like a troublemaker. But like I remember one day, um, my friend Logan, he just said to me, he said, uh, he, he comes up to me and just says, yo, there's no seventh period today. And sixth period was study hall. So like that means like we don't have like the, the last two. So after fifth period, he just goes, yo, you want to you wanna go to the casino? And I'm like, the casino? He's like, yeah, we're 18 now. This is senior year. He's like, yeah, we're 18. Like, let's go. And I'm just like, I've never been. Then so he took me to the casino, which is now the, um, it's in Florida. It's now the, uh, it's not Hard Rock. It's the Seminole Coconut Creek, which is also a very nice property, by the way. Uh, when I went there, <laughs> it was not nice at all. This is like 18 years ago when I went there. Um, and it was like this cruddy place with like slot machines you'd take like this elevator up one floor and then you'd go into the poker room where smoking is allowed at the table yep. um and we go in there and this is this tight room and like i just want to play cards but i you know like now i won't step in a room that has smoking like it's not worth it but like back then i was just like yeah let's gambling casino yeah let's let's play poker this is cool all right so we go we go there and uh the first seat opens up and they're like, yeah, this is, um, this is Omaha. It was Omaha. This is, I didn't even know Omaha at the time. Um, they're like, you want to, you want to play this game Omaha? And I'm like, and, and he's like, my friend Logan's like, yeah, I'll, I'll take that seat. 
Uh, and so then I go and play a seven card stud. And this is just like a, you can't win this at this table. Like you're anteing, they give you, this is what you, you give them 20 bucks and they give you three red birds. They give you like these three $5 chips. And then they give you a stack of 25 cent chips, like a 20 stack. So that's 20 bucks. And then you ante 25 cents every single hand. They're probably raking like, who knows how much you can't beat this game. Like if you, like long term, you can't beat it. You could go and make like twenty bucks, thirty bucks, sure. one time, but you can't. You can't beat the game long term. But there's a bad beat jackpot, okay? And the bad beat was cool because uh, if you get like clubs, spades, or hearts, it's like it's like eleven, like eleven hundred bucks they give you. But if you get diamonds, it's a progressive jackpot. This is the first time I ever go to a live casino with my friend. We're skipping school. And I'm just like, man, yeah, that's where I want to hit a royal flush in diamonds. And uh, I just, I'm playing stud here, just like, 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 what am I doing with my life? You know, like in this, this, I'm playing with like people on their like social security checks, like smoking cigarettes, like on oxygen tank. Like it just, it's not a happy place. And um, and I just hear, I got it, diamonds. And I turn around, and it's my friend Logan. He hit, Holy shit. He hit her. And we're, we never, like, thought to be like, yo, let's go 50-50 on the jackpot or anything like that, you know? So I just turned around, and I'm like, I'm like, what? It is. I'm like, how much did he win? I didn't know how much it was. It's like, he won, like, 13, 14, 000, I don't know. He won a lot of money. And we're in, and we're literally in high school. Uh, he won, like, 14 grand. Like, we work jobs and stuff for, like, 14 grand. That's, we're never going to save that much. And he won. So they, he goes, he goes, fills out the paperwork. He hit a freaking bad beat jackpot. Or not the bad beat jackpot. He hit the... It was a royal flush jackpot. It was a bad. They made it a bad beat later, and then yeah, of course, like everyone in our school then found out about it, and this place got so much business from high schoolers. <laughs> like it's almost like they rigged it to give it to them because they got so many of my friends were just going in there all the time now, uh, and just playing poker. And I was just like, wow. And I lost like forty bucks on the day. I was a little bummed, but like at least my friend won. And then he just drives over to my house. He's just like, yo, crazy, huh? And I'm like, yeah congrats man that's awesome like just not thinking anything of it and he just goes i figure i'll give you a hundred like a hundred bucks and i'm just like cool yeah awesome he gave me a hundred bucks uh so i i was up on the, the day now but you know it was nice of him nice gesture he didn't owe me anything but yeah so that was like that was like the first experience i had in a casino when i uh, when i was 18 in, in in high school when i i graduated from playing behind backpacks on a sheet of paper with my friends to like going to a real casino i used to play on party poker all the time uh for play money uh when i was in high school to like learn like get really good at no limit hold them i would just like play on party poker uh in these like six-handed like play money tournaments i remember i got second place in like a big multi with like over a thousand people and i was like yeah i'm good at poker this is awesome and then uh we graduated and then at that same my friend logan's uh at his um at his graduation party, my other friend uh, goes up to me and he's like, yo, I know a house game. You want to play tonight? Like, they all they all play No Limit. $1, $2. Like, it's a big game. It's like, you know, like $1, $2 is a big Or like maybe 50 cent dollar. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, this kid, he graduated from Yale. He's like really smart. He crushes this game that he hosts at his house. But he's home for, from college for, uh, the, for, the, for the summer. And he's been hosting games with the with the math club. Like the math club is who plays with them, and like they order pizza. 
So like we're going to play with all the math kids that like already have like these sick like calculations, and we're just like we're we're just gamblers. So I'm like, yeah, I'm in. So uh, we go to this kid's house. We it's a nice neighborhood. Like we go uh, to his house. He lives in Parkland too, and um, we just go there. And then the guy who opens the door is Alex Jacob. He's a, he's crushed Jeopardy. He's a genius. Uh, he's and and even further, I went to middle school with Alex. We were on the basketball team together. So I've known Alex for like. I don't know, five, six years before this. And then he just goes, Waxman? And I'm like, Alex, what's up, man? You play poker? And he's just like, yeah. And then I was just like, oh, cool. Like, nice house. Like, and then we just go and we play poker. Uh, and we're playing with Alex Jacob, who's like literally, he was already like playing online for massive buy-ins. He's kind of just doing this with his friends for fun. Genius poker mind, way ahead of like his time uh, with like, a mathematical approach like this is back in like 2002 and he's just like so good at cards and, and i would play in this game and he would he would destroy the game uh i would i would win like i, I would probably make some money and and do well like I, I had good like instincts but like i didn't even know what pot odds were at this time you know like i just started playing cards but like yeah we would both do pretty well he, he would crush the game i would do okay and uh and then he just said and then i remember he said to me uh yo, there's a casino boat that goes out. Like, they, they play bigger games. Like, do you want to go you want to go out on this casino boat? And then the casino boat was like 18 years at the time uh, to get on. It was called the San Tropez. So uh, Alex would drive his, like, Honda Civic, and we would go, <laughs> we would go to the port in, in Fort Lauderdale, and we would, we would get onto these casino boats, and we'd be playing these 5, 10, or no, actually, I started out playing 2-4 Limit which was like an easy game. You just wait for two cards above 10 and then raise. And like, you're playing with people that have no clue what's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, and I would do good. I'd make like a hundred bucks, 200 bucks a night. All of a sudden I'm just like building a bankroll. Like I'm a, I'm a poker player, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm coming up in the world. People would call me like Stu Unger at the time. Cause no kids played poker. Like online poker wasn't really a thing. They're like, Oh, it's Stu Unger, the kid. And I'm just like, who, who, who is that? I don't even know who that is. Like, what, what are they talking about? Who is this guy? And, Alex would go be playing like a 510 game. And then eventually I started jumping in the 510 game with him. And I remember like I, I just bought in for like my whole role, which was like 2K. And I just got stacked. And <laughs> I just got it in with like two pair against like I had Jack 10 on 910 Jack. I got it all in against the two biggest fish in the game. Like literally the two fit, like the guys that are just funding this game. Uh, and they had a set of nines and King Queen. And I, was like, oh. I was just like, oh, okay. Um, I guess I got something to learn about poker. Like, maybe I'm not that good. Uh, you were live, at least. You... I was live. Yeah, I had four outs. Uh, I thought I was, I was going to the bank, man. I thought I was cashing out, like, 8K at night. Like, I was pumped. Um, it, it's so funny that, that this is how you started your career, too, because mine started very similarly. I saved up, like, 3K. I moved to Florida and started playing on Cruise to Nowhere called Sun Cruise, yeah, uh, I remember the Sun Cruise. Yeah, we, we would just go on the Sun Cruise Casino, and, like, I was playing 510 Limit. Um, like you said, you know, it was – I was the youngest person there by far. I was, like, tw 20 years old. And, yeah, I was, like, just crushing these people, like, every day because, like, basically <laughs> they played – they were, like, 98% VPIP, uh, all of them. So it's, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I just – play like a good hand and i just went over and over and over again right they're like how do you how do you fold before you see what the cards on the board are like you don't even know what you have yeah like, I, i've told this story multiple times but i, <laughs> I love it. it it 
it just encapsulates this era so well. Like it, I, I was playing five ten. We decided to play overs, so you know everybody folds. Like there were seven people that wanted to play ten twenty. The actually eight people. There were two people that wanted to play five ten. So basically, when they fold, the stakes double. Um, over a three hour cruise, we played two streets of ten twenty. Like, <laughs> one of those two five t- guys that wanted to play 510 played every single hand until the river except for two rivers over the course of three hours. And, like, yeah, basically, you didn't have to know too much back then to be able to beat, uh, like, those low 510 limit games. And I did the same exact thing. They spread 510 no limit one night, and I was like, oh, I'm crushing 510 limit. Like, oh, I'm just going to play 510 no limit, right? Like, buy, buy in for my bankroll of, like, 2K. And I fortunately ran pretty good and won like 2,500. Um, I shudder to think what would have happened had I not won because I had, I had moved to Florida with aspirations of playing poker professionally. But yeah, man, it was, uh, I think that I reflect back on that time. And even though financially not so great and poker skill wise, not so great, just such a great time and experience i have so many fond memories of just battling and learning and growing and it was just such an exciting thing playing poker every single day did sun cruise have a a buffet at the end of the night when they're when they're going back to shore i don't remember actually i don't think i ever ate on the uh, on sun cruise Uh, i know that like i remember the first the first big pot that i ever won like i had aces i was playing on the boat and I'm like raising, I'm just, I don't even remember what the board is. Like, I'm just raising every street, just like raise, 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 raise. We show the hand down. I win this pot and I realize it was like a, it was like Looney Tunes, right? Like when they're in a boat and it's like kind of going up and down and you're like looking out the, the window. And I, I was like, I don't feel so well. Like <laughs> I didn't even get a chance to like stack my chips. I ran out, I spewed like all over the, they had like the canopy because um, we were on the second floor. It was just like everywhere. Like that oh, was at my, made it. at least you made it out of the room. I, I made it out of the room, but I, like at that point on, it was like my system was taking Dramamine, play my poker. I didn't realize that Dramamine's actually made me sleep. Like one time I took two oh, and just like was sleeping in between hands. But uh, yeah, man, that was Sun Cruise Casino was, was a good time. I remember the San Tropez had um, a buffet at the end of the night because you drive out, obviously, to get out of international waters, right? And then mm-hmm. you, you come home, and when you're driving back, you can't gamble anymore. You can't play cards. So they yeah, they just turn the everything back, off. Yeah, And everybody would go to the, the, bo- to the cafeteria and get, like, these eggs. They had, like, this huge thing of eggs. They had bacon. Uh, they had, like, this French toast. It wasn't that good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, who are we kidding? It wasn't that great. But the the funny thing is that you it, how good it would taste would always depend on if you won or lost. If you had a bad week, you're like, yeah, I get this toast out of my face. I don't want to eat this. I'm not eating. And then if you like won, you're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, eggs. These are great. You know, like you're just like loving your life. It was just it was wild. Like that was always how we ended the night. We would just like be eating like from this buffet and just like talking about hands. Like, oh yeah, man, that ace queen hand when you went all in, like that was crazy. Like, you know, you'd just be like. You would just be talking over uh, yeah. the spot tonight. My, my friend was a smoker. He'd go outside and he would smoke and like we would just discuss strategy. We'd do doubles. So like there's a, a, an afternoon cruise, then an evening cruise, and it was like 45 minutes to Cape Canaveral where the, where the boat left. And so we'd like go to Wendy's 
for like four hours and just sit in the Wendy's parking lot just talking about poker strategy. Um, yeah, I think that like very, very fortunate that, you know, Alex Jacobs was your friend pre, pre-poker because – I know personally, like just having somebody that you can discuss strategy with like that is just invaluable. Like it's, it's worth an amount of money that you can't even quantify or define. He definitely gave me a, a big head start, you know, like getting to talk like, cause Alex is just like a math genius. You know, he would always be like in like math competitions and he'd learn about like game theory. So he, he's just like such a smart guy and you know, like just, being able to like say, yo, Alex, what are pot odds? Like when we're in the parking lot driving to the thing one day, I remember that, like we're in a parking lot and I'm just like, what are pot odds? And he just like explains it to me. Like I've been playing poker for like a year at this point, you know, and, and I've been playing against people that have no idea what's going on. And you're just like, oh yeah, no, pot odds are just this. And I'm like, oh yeah, I, I knew that. I just didn't know it was called pot odds. It's like, oh, okay, cool. And then he, you know, but like, um, I, I, I would, I remember I've seen Alex a bunch since I saw him at, uh, my first WPT I ever played uh, was Tunica. On my 21st birthday, like a week later, I just flew to Tunica, and I'm like, yeah, I got to get in this thing. 10K. Let's do it. It's like uh, the gold, gold strike? Yep. The gold strike, exactly. Uh, and I, I'd catch up with Alex there like, like three years later. he, I think he might have like already won like the U.S. Poker Championship at this point, too. So he was already kind of like making a name for himself in poker. And then he just kind of like lost the bug, I guess. He just didn't really want to play poker as much anymore. Yeah, uh, I, back in the day, like when you could just make friends with people like kind of weirdly online, I I was friends with Vanessa Selps and she went to Yale. So she knew Alex like around that time. I think Nick Shulman, um, Nick Shulman, somehow they, they knew Nick Shulman as well. But yeah, Alex was crushing it back in like, I think that was like 2005-ish, somewhere around there. Um, then he went on to Jeopardy fame and yeah, does he, he even cr- play he, poker anymore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in there. Um, you'll see him at the at the World Series sometimes. Um, they probably knew Shulman from uh, Foxwoods, Connecticut. You know, yeah, that makes makes a lot of sense. Shulman yeah. won that WPT over there. Um, but yeah, like one really cool thing about Jeopardy because I you know I started watching Jeopardy. I, I always liked Jeopardy, but I didn't watch it like too routinely but when you see alex go on there like you always watch jeopardy and people are just going 100 200 300 like the way they pick the board they're just starting small and alex is just like all the values and hitting a daily double and the daily double is literally always like the third fourth or fifth one so he's just going to categories just bombing out the third or fourth or fifth one and trying to get a daily double and then when he gets a daily double he's just all in like he's like yeah i'll bet it all like of course i'm gonna try to i'm gonna try to get a lead and like and use that as leverage and like it's amazing that in all the years that this show has been running, I've never seen – somebody might have done it, but I've never seen somebody play this way. Uh, and, and yeah, he, he was great at the questions. He knew so many of these questions and answers. But, like, the, re- the reason he dominated Jeopardy was because of, of his strategy with, with betting and, and, and uh, question selecting. Like, it was, it was really, really interesting to see, like, a, a game theorist jump on Jeopardy and kind of just, like, you know, take a different approach. Yeah, it's uh, like, it's like yeah, the, the daily doubles are worth the most. And also, it's good to have a lot of money when you do beat the daily doubles. So going reverse order just makes a lot of, makes a lot of uh, theoretical sense. Yeah, yeah. He would always just start there. And then, like, he, he would have, like, 10,000. And then second place would have, like, 2,000. 
And like a lot of people there are, are just like, oh, let me protect my lead. I'll bet two thousand, and they'll like, they'll think of it like that. And Alex is like, no, if I just win this, I win the game. Like ten thousand. He's like, and if I don't, like whatever, then like I'm only done a thousand. So he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll go all in. He always says, I go all in. Like, <laughs> you know, like, and, and then you're just like, I'm like watching my my old buddy like just on Jeopardy, and I'm just like, wow, like let's go, Al. And then he like won the tournament of champions on Jeopardy, and like it was really cool to see. Yeah, man, it, it, it's awesome. Jason, tell me about presence. Why did you think presence was the missing weapon in the arsenal of poker players? So everyone's a mindset champion when they're running great, right? But when you're getting crushed day after day and you haven't booked a win in forever and the confidence is just gone and you're trying to do this thing that you read about in a book or someone told you about being logical and being happy that the money went in good when all you really want to do is cry and hit something at the same time, like, how are you supposed to be logical in that moment? But that's the only moment when you really need it. What you need in that moment isn't mindset. You've already read all the mindset books and you already know what you're supposed to think and what you're supposed to do. What you actually need in that moment is presence. Presence is the ability to connect the dots between who you want to be and how you can actually be that person when you need it most. So let's cut to the chase, right? Like, how do you do it? How do you stay more present when you're at the poker table? Well, you get there by first deciding that you want more, right? That you want to grow your intuition, that you want to create more flow in your life, and that you want to reach your full potential as a player and as a person. And once you get there, you can start trying out some of the exercises and practices that I've put together. If it feels good, if you're enjoying it, you can keep going. Right? And if you keep going long enough, eventually you'll find that you're just playing at really high levels, that you feel good with low stress, and you're enjoying your experience a lot more, not just at the table, but away from it as well. I personally would love to have as much presence as I possibly can in my day-to-day life. And if you, the listener, right now wants to add some presence to your game, Visit PokerWithPresence.com, join Jason Sue's email newsletter, and then schedule a free consult with the Master of Presence himself. One more time, that's PokerWithPresence.com. Kind of going back to your story, and as you're like you're coming up, uh, what was sort of your breakthrough? But funny enough, the first live poker event that I played was also at Tunica. Actually, the first casino that I went in was at the Horseshoe in Tunica. And like, it was this little bitty space in the casino. Again, everybody's smoking indoors. But I was a server at like 18, dreaming of playing poker for a living. Like, there was a smoking section in the restaurant. Like, this was a thing. Like, it's so easy to forget that like, you know, smoking was like just socially acceptable and like you just yeah. did it, did it wherever. And especially in poker rooms, everybody was smoking. Um, Poker's already come a long way for sure. Um, these rooms are getting so nice. Uh, a lot more people like it. And, you know, it's, it's nice to see us evolving, even if it is a little slow, like the industry's definitely becoming nicer. Shoot. I had a thought, but I, I got sidetracked. That's okay. You'll, you'll probably find uh, it. <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah, so I would always just take shots. I, I just I watched WPT when I was in in, uh, in high school, and I would just always – I watched, like, Gus Hansen, like, for betting, for deuce offsuit, or, like, uh, you know, Ivy and Devilfish playing heads up. I think that was even at Tunica, actually. Um, and just, like, all of these, like, monsters, like, these, these 
these poker guys and I'm like, Oh, these are the characters. Like these are the guys that are, are, are nasty at poker. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to get to a table with all these guys and I'm just going to, I'm going to show them I got some game. And that's the great thing about poker. Like at this point, I can't compete with any of these people, but in my head, I think I can. And mm-hmm. that's why poker is so great because you have so many, you in a, in a thousand player field, there's probably like 200 people that don't think they're very good. And then ironically, like a hundred of those 200 people are probably like some of the best players in the, you know, like, cause they actually know that they're like, that they're not that good. Right. But then everybody else is just like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I know I'm good at poker. And that's, that's the thing. Like it's, there's so much luck involved that like on any given day, you can feel like you're the best player in the world just cause the cards are falling your way. But yeah, so I, I, uh, I would always just take shots. I remember, um, at the LAPC, one year. What do you mean by taking shots? Like, wh- what does that? What does that mean? It, I mean, like just betting it all, like trying to win a tournament. Like when I when I was in Tunica, I I had five hundred bucks left in my wallet and a plane ticket home, and I played a five hundred dollars satellite and miraculously got in to play in, in this main event. With I got Vanessa Selps, who's like a big name. Not Vanessa Selps, Vanessa Russo, who's like made a big name for herself in poker. I got Barry Greenstein at my table. Gavin Smith was there. R.I.P. Gavin. I had like all these like huge poker names like, and I'm playing like in a 10K WPT, my first one ever. Hero calling Vanessa on the river with King High, and then she's just like throwing Queen High up in the air like helicoptering it because she's tilted that I called. And then like I got Gavin going, yeah, nice call, kid, nice call. And I was just like, thanks, man, like that's cool because he was like WPT Player of the Year at this point, so I was like, I was kind of stoked. Little did I know that I'd be, like, drinking with this guy and, like, just doing some of the most stupid shit ever, like, 10 years later, you know? But anyway, so, so like, I, I would just – and then I, I remember one year at LAPC, like, I I, uh, I would always play at the Commerce, and I would play, like, their 10-20 games. Like, I would do really well in them. Uh, I'd buy in for, like, 2K, like, kind of short, but but then I would just, like, run it up. And then I was just, like – I was there, and, and the LAPC main was, was tomorrow. And I had like 8K and I'm just like, I gotta, I gotta get in this main. And, and ironically enough, you couldn't get a room at the LAPC at this point. Like you could not get one because the guy that ran uh, the room, you would have to grease them like three, 400 bucks for him to even get you a room reservation at LAPC. It was literally impossible uh, to get a room. You would have to go to the double tree down the street um, but now it's different now, like now that they're, they're much better about that stuff. I have lived at the crown Plaza hotel. I, I, I know. <laughs> and yes, greasing the floorman is a surprisingly effective way. It to wasn't get... the floorman. It wasn't the floorman. It was oh, it, other it, guy. the guy who's yeah. like running the hotel side. Yeah. It was like, yeah, yeah. He, he was oh, so weird. corrupt, man. He doesn't work there anymore, but he would all, he would, he would do that. And, and then what I did. <laughs> And then I uh, I went to the room and I actually made a reservation like six months in advance because I knew I knew every year this happens and I made a reservation and I, I told this them at the desk I was like yeah yeah I got a, I got a reservation I, I made that months ago like I knew this was gonna happen and they still didn't give me they said no we don't see a reservation I'm like you gotta be kidding me like, this is bullshit so I gave the chick uh, at the at the uh, counter a hundred I just slipped her a hundred and I was like listen. I can't be giving this guy 500 bucks for a room. Like, like here's, here's a hundred. Like, can you get, she's like, yeah, I got you for the next room. You had a reservation. I got you. So we got in a room, but somehow it slipped by this guy. Oh, and, and I ran into, I haven't been like tight with Alex at all, but like I ran into him too. Cause it's a big tournament stop. 
And I was like, yo, I got a room. You want to you chop? He's like, yeah, I'll chop a room. So I'm chopping a room with Alex now. And they, they found out about it. And this guy, this guy didn't get greased, so they're trying to kick us out of the room the whole time. <laughs> Jesus. And we're just like, nah, man, I had a reservation. We got the room. Like, we're not leaving. Like, and it, it worked out. Um, but, yeah, I had, like, 8K to my name. And I'm like, I got to get in this main. Uh, I busted, like, the satellites and stuff. So I just took 8K to the 1020, and I got on the list for 2040. And I just got my whole role on the table. I'm just like, let's go. I'm going to win LAPC main, and I'm never looking back. Uh, so I, I, I got in the 1020. I, I made it like 500000 bucks, And then they're like, Matt, 2040, seat open. And I'm just like, oh, 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 all right, let's do it. I sit down. I've never been so nervous at a poker table at this point up in my life. And uh, now I don't feel anything when I play. Like, I, I, I'm barely excited. But, like, here, like, the adrenaline, the rabbit thing going, like, that was the whole time. And uh, I'm sitting 2040. This is the biggest game I played at this point. Uh, no limit at the at the commerce. And I got these guys just blasting away. And I'm just like, all right, well, I'm gonna wait for my hand. I'm gonna play it aggressive. I'm gonna, you know, I win some nice pots. I think I got I won a nice hand with aces. And then all of a sudden I got seven eight suited. This guy opens. I three bet the button. He just calls. Then the flop comes eight eight six. And I'm just like, just like this is it. <laughs> This Check is it. Bar. I gotta, I, I gotta, I gotta win this pot, and I'm playing the main tomorrow. This is gonna be it. Guy checks to me. I, I bet he calls. Turn is like a, I don't know, blank. Checks. I bet he calls. The river is an eight. I have quads, and I'm just like, I can't lose. Amazing. He checks, and I think about it for like a minute, and I'm just like, all in. You know, like, just I, I just like I just move it in, and. uh and the guy called me in like 10 seconds and I'm just like, Oh shit, you had aces. And I was like, like, like I already showed the, the eights. I'm like, but you must have had aces. If you're going to call like that, probably had like tens. I don't know. They were all fish. And I, I looked, I'm under 25 years old. So they think I'm buffing every hand. Um, but yeah, so I just doubled up and now I'm at like 15 K or something like that. I'm just chilling. And then I just sat at the table for another two hours and like pretty much folded every hand. <laughs> uh, just because you can't you can't just hit and run like that's i play there all the time you can't just do that so i just waited for the guy i stacked with the aces left then i played like another like i waited till he was like out of the room and then i left and then i was just like yeah i'm playing the main bar you know like i didn't do anything wrong, but I, I played so tight after i got that double up yeah you may as well not not have been there <laughs> you, right I was, like, I was just trying to save face but not be like a scumbag for like just hitting and running a game um yeah so, like, as soon as that guy left and he's out of the room, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm out of here. Like, people are like, oh, well, you don't want to stay? I'm like, no, I'm playing the main tomorrow. So I just go, I go buy into the main. I got, like, 4K extra in my pocket. So in my mind, like, I'm down 4K from the start of the trip. But, like, I'm playing the main tomorrow. Like, I'm playing the LAPC main. This is the big one. Like, this is a huge WPT. And uh, I swapped with – I didn't sell any action, but I swapped with Alex. I was, it was like, you know, you want to – trade 10% or, or whatever, you know, like, obviously. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll trade. Okay. Yeah. I'm in. Um, and, uh, and yeah, then I, I just got in the main, I don't know if you remember James Van Alstyne. He used I don't. to play it. Okay. So he was like, he used to play a ton. Like, uh, this was, this was, this is like over 10 years ago, but he, he would just crush these tournaments. Um, older guy, and he's, but he's very aggressive. And he, he was at my table on my right. And literally, like the beginning of level two, I've been playing like an hour. 
I'm just like, all right, let me, let me sh- this guy's opening too much. Let me just, let me show him who's boss. So he comes in for an open and I raise him. I raise him up. I don't even remember what the hell happened to hand, but all I know is by the river, I was all in with nothing. And, uh, and he like tanked it forever, stared me down. I thought I was getting through. And then he called. And I'm just like, yeah, good call. How do you call me with it? I didn't say that, but that's what I'm thinking. Uh, and I and now I have 10% of my starting stack on the second level of the <laughs> LAPC main. I'm already like completely stacked. Oh man, I was I was so steamed up. I put up my whole role in this tournament, and now all of a sudden I got 2,000 chips left. The blinds are about to be 100, 200, and I'm just like, what the what the heck is wrong with me? Like, what am I doing? Oh god, why did I have to make a run a bluff? Why can't I just play tight? You know, why can't I just? It, this, this is youth, right? Like we, yeah. we have a really good yeah, player exactly. at the table. Let's show him who's boss. Let's try to let's go after exactly. the best player when there's like all these other players that we could just battle in safety. We feel this like ego to like I'm taking you down. That's one of the that's one of the best things I've ever learned in poker that actually made me start getting live results. It's just you got to get rid of this ego, man. Like you always, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to win or are you trying to prove that you're better than someone else? You know and. And now when I sit at a table, even if I do think I'm the best player there, uh, if, if I see someone who's the second best player and they're active and I'm just like, oh, that that looks a little scary, like maybe I'm just going to – I mean, sometimes you got to just – you got to do something. But like I'll, I'll just I'll just kind of like, like, all right, yeah, you can have this this one. Like I'm not that sure about it. Like fine, take it. And then you just like find the better spots, right? Like, yeah, you just like, got to like put that aside. In, in nine-handed, I mean, you're going to have organic confrontations, but it's not – ultra valuable to kind of go out of your way to just try to battle the good players um you know this is a lesson that i've learned the hard way as well where it's like you want to be the alpha at the table like you just want to be in control and be like yeah i'm gonna show you who's boss there's value to that there is oh there there is like because people fear you like there that there's a level of confidence there when when people are afraid because they start thinking to themselves i'll wait for a better spot right like i don't really know that that's sort of you want them on their heels but you know, when you're young and you, you think you're much better than you are, um, very ill-advised to just go out of your way to wrestle with <laughs> with the, the really good players because it, it doesn't always end super well. No, no, it doesn't. Um, it definitely puts you in some tough spots. But sometimes you have a, ch- a lot of chips. But I can't explain to you how many times I've been in these big tournaments and I just had all the chips and then I just kept blasting. And I couldn't find that, like, maturity and that just, like, you know, slow down button. Yeah. But yeah, no, for, for the LAPC, man, I, I was like, I was just like, no, we're not going out like this. Like we gotta, we, we still got this. It's going to be an even better story now. Like I got only two K left. I got 10 big blinds. Well, it's about to be 10 big blinds. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm playing good. The rest of the tournament, I'm playing patient. I'm playing smart and I'm, I'm going to run this up. I got this. Like I'm destined to win this tournament. You know, you always think that it's your tournament. You're supposed to win. There's a thousand people that think the same exact thing. Like, you know in the break um, there everybody is just thinking about winning the tournament like while you're like wandering around every single person out there is like imagining themselves yeah. winning the tournament yeah 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 so you run it up like a what happened i ran it up i ran it up i ended up you know uh i played so well i i, I played so patient i just picked my spots i shoved all in like in the right spots three bet shoved all in won the pots and the next thing you know I got half a starting stack. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm chilling. 
I got like over 20 bigs and I'm just like, yeah, okay, okay, let's go, let's go. I'm still playing. Meanwhile, Van Alstyne is just mashing the table. Like he had all the chips now and he's just like, literally, like I can't do anything. And he's just like beating everyone else. And that, Like, you know, it, I was just like wa watching like all my chips just grow. But I, I did great. You know, I ran it up. I played patient. I won some nice hands. And then I made day two. I got there to day two. Uh, I had like, I think I might have even had over a starting stack now. And I'm just like pumped up. I'm like, yeah, I got this. I'm playing good. I'm patient. I learned my lesson. I'm ready to go. I'm going to win the LAPC main. And then I get there for the first level, like maybe like the third hand of the day. Uh, I get two jacks. And I open this guy three bets me or something. I call. I don't, I don't even remember the story. But long, long story short is the flop comes 10 high and I check raise all in. And I get snapped. And I thought I was out. The guy has ace 10 and I have jacks. And I'm just like, I'm going to have so many chips if this holds. Like, I can't wait this hand. I, I'm going to win the tournament. This is amazing. And then, like, sure enough, an ace just rips the river. Barry Greenstein or so, something like that. Like, I'm out. All of a sudden, I just go from, like, and I work so hard, you know. And I got it in so good. I was, like, an 80% favorite or something like that. And now I'm just out. And uh, and that's tournament poker, you know. <laughs> that's why you don't put your whole entire. That's why you don't put seventy percent of your roll up in one tournament. You know, <laughs> it's because that happens, and then you're just like hating life, right? Yeah, you so have that I, that moment, right, where you look at the table and like your empty seat, and you're like, I was just there. Like, how do I get back? <laughs> I, I need to, I need to sit down again. Like, what it's happened? <laughs> like, you're walking around the room and you see your empty seat and you see everyone else at the table just like laughing with all the chips. Like, ah, ha, 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 yeah, poker. And you're just, man, I was there. Yeah, this I was mine. Been there. This is ah. Oh, look at how happy they are. Still being in the tournament. Still having a chance at winning a million dollars. Like, ah, oh, here I am. Here Had I am. Had your 4K. Like, here I am eating some casino food miserable like <laughs> yeah that would have tasted much better had you made it to day three but exactly. is now is now yeah. horrible oh. oh but yeah so to go back to your first question like my big my big uh breakthrough win. my breakthrough my breakthrough yeah my breakthrough was probably all right so i i'm still doing the same old thing man i'm just firing off the whole roll like like uh you know no discipline and, uh, How do you stay say, in action? I have to imagine that you you would go to zero, right? Like yeah. you can't just keep doing this. You have to go to zero. Like how did you stay in action? Yeah, I I never got staked. I would. I'm, I'm not a great salesman. You know, I thought I was the best player. I always thought I was the best player in the room. But like I would always go to like my friends who I would crush like in in tables and cash games and singles, and I would just be like, yo, let me. Get me an action tonight. Like, can you get me in there? Like, you got, and, and it was always, no, 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 I can't. No, no. And then, uh, ironically enough, after you start winning everything, people are like, yo, you still any action? Can I get some action now? It's like, right when you don't need it, that's when everybody wants to stake you, right? Everybody wants to um, buy high. Like, <laughs> you, you buy low, guys. Like, yeah. Um, it's like, it's like you should have you seen me, like, you know, I was trying to tell you. I, I had a little something. Um, I got staked for, like, maybe, like, one tournament, actually. Um, I got staked for a couple tournaments. Um, it was like a $300 buy-in on a Monday night at the Hard Rock. This is back with Hard Rock like forever ago. They used to play in the middle of the casino, in the middle of the slot machines. People would go smoke cigarettes on the rail, like 
like the first time I played at Hard Rock, you could actually smoke in the in the room, but eventually they made you have to go like outside this rail. So people are literally like sitting at a table, they go outside the rail, they're smoking, like blowing all the smoke like into the poker room. It's all open. But like uh, I got staked for a three hundred dollar buy-in. This guy's playing blackjack with like five K. I was like, Hey, how you doing? He's like, What are you doing? Are you playing a tournament? I'm like, nah, I'm going home. And he's like, Why not? And I I'm not even trying to get staked at this point. And he's just like, Why not? And I'm like, ah, busted. He's like, oh, I'll stake you. He just grabs three black chips, slaps in my hand, says, hey, go play the tournament tonight. We'll go partners. I'm like, what, do, what does that mean? Like, what do you, how much do I get? He's like, you get half. I'm like, deal. Like, all right, <laughs> Sold. deal. Like, this guy has so much money in front of him, he doesn't care. And I'm like, all right. So I play the tournament. I, I just win the thing for, like, 9K. And I call him up uh, the next morning. He goes, how'd you do? I go, I won. 9K. You uh, I owe you, I owe you uh, like forty eight hundred. I, I, I was gonna give him his buy-in, buy-in too. And he, he, he goes, oh, that's awesome. And I was like, listen, there's a, there's a one kid this weekend. I'm probably just gonna buy into it myself, but like, I appreciate you staking me. You wanna, you wanna keep half? And he's just like, sure. I'm so proud of you. Good luck. That's what, I, that's what he said. He said, I'm so proud of you. I'm like, okay. So I go play, I go play this one kid, and we, we ended up chopping the tournament like five or six ways. And now all of a sudden, I, I'm up like, I don't know. It wasn't that big of a 1K. It was a small small tournament. But now all of a sudden, I'm, we're, we're up like 9K a piece or something like that, right? So I go, listen, there's a 500 at this other casino. Like, honestly, I, I don't really want to, you know, I'm, I'm, you don't have to, to keep the action. I owe you like 9K. Like, but, but if you want, I'll give you half. Like, just because I appreciate you, you being the start of this thing. He's like, yeah, 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 I'll take half. Great. So I go play the 500. Uh, I'm out. I busted in like, I don't know. I had too much money at this point. I can't win this tournament. Um, <laughs> yeah. the, the right motivational system is not in place. I'm doing too well in life to, to win this one. Yeah, exactly. Like too much money syndrome, we call it. Um, but I busted and he goes, how'd you do? He thinks I'm going to like it. I can't lose now. I go, I lost. But yeah, look, there's another tournament going on, uh, you know, in a couple of days. You want it? He's like, no, 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 I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> and I'm just like, all right. Uh, yeah, here's 9K, man. Thanks for thanks for everything. Like, good luck in blackjack, you know? Like, I appreciate the stake. Uh, really nice guy. But yeah, yeah. so that-, that Didn't like, want that any was, of you after after you busted. You're, <laughs> yeah. you, you lost it. That was like one of the very few times that I ever actually got staked, though. So it, it was- I'm glad I could make the guy some money. Um, and then, you know, it's always ups and downs. Um, they used to have, like, these, like, big sit-and-goes at the Hard Rock, like $500 buy-ins, 1K buy-ins. That, they didn't have, like, cash gains at this point. So, like, the best value you could get was playing, like, 1,000 plus 50 sit-and-go, where first place would be, like, I don't know, maybe, like, 4K or something. So we would just play those a lot. But, yeah, I would just keep going, like, busto because I would just – buy in for way too much of my own money chasing all the glory chasing poker greatness plug but anyways so i so i remember um this is the start of my breakthrough was i just said i sat down with myself and i just said all right like if i want to make this a job i gotta treat it like one i can't just be like overconfident trying to win everything i got i gotta i gotta take this seriously i gotta manage a bankroll i can't be buying in for more than like one percent of my bankroll for this, these tournaments and stuff, like, or maybe like five percent absolute maximum, but like I can't be putting up seventy five percent of my money to play a WPT and then just going broke and starting all over again. Like I gotta just do this slowly and have patience and discipline. 
So I just said, all right, I'm going to play online because the rakes are good online. I could play a lot of volume. I could do it from home. I could take this serious. Like, let me just go play online. And I've never really been that good at online because I just didn't have the, the patience for it. I would just I would just always blow my whole account. But I called up my friend Stu Patterson. I, I don't know if you know. He was a full tilt red pro at the time. This guy in the wheelchair. He's like insanely good poker player. He was like playing Ivy, like heads up, like back in 2005, like online. Like he's just a he's just a monster. Uh, one of my one of my oldest friends, a really good guy. And I just said, Stu, yo, let me get let me get uh, like 2K just to grind some tournaments on full tilt. And he sent it because you know he he would play online all the time. So he he had had some cash and uh i just played these 69 dollars plus six tournaments they were like 45 man sit and goes i would just play these there was they were pot i think they were pot limit there was no annies so you had to play like really tight um and i would just play these things and i i did well you know my 2k was now like 4k and then one one day i won like two two out of three of them and it was f tops too and i wasn't even playing f tops which was killing me because i would always just like need to be chasing those huge prize pools. But I was just like, nope, nope, nope. We're, we're a grinder now. We're playing poker serious. And I won two out of three. So I said, all right, let's play a multi. Like, let's play a 30. It was the 30 cube. 30 plus 30 plus 30. So let's play this. I ended up winning the thing for like 7,200 bucks. And then my friend calls me up and he just says, yo, the F-Tops Turbo is tonight. Like, you playing? I'm like, no, nah, no. Nah, I'm, I'm a changed man. I don't, I don't take shots anymore. Meanwhile, I got like, I don't know, like 10K in my account um which is and it's only a 200 dollars buy-in and i was like you know what all right because it's a turbo like I, I was like calling it a day like i made like 7k on the day and i'm just like this it's is a good great day. day this is a great day for me like i am so happy and i was like all right whatever i'll play the turbo so i sit down and i play the turbo and i bluff off half my chips on the first hand i just i'm already you start with 2k i already have a thousand i just bluffed off half my chips but i actually like the bluff you know um and I just focused up and I just, I just, I won like six or seven huge all ins that were like kind of like flips. You got to win flips to win a turbo. And the next thing you know, I won the F tops turbo. I just shifted for 100K. Whoa. Like, this is when F tops were massive. Like, before Full Tilt like, got all watered down, like, Full Tilt was like the poker site at this point. And I won an F tops turbo. I won the gold jersey on my screen name. My screen name was Big Stack BBQ. Because I would always just get a big stack and then barbecue off all the chips. Like that, that was my that was my uh, that was my MO calling card. My call, yeah. yeah. So then I I I had a hundred thousand dollars all of a sudden. Like this is the most I've ever had. I had one hundred ten thousand dollars in a full tilt account, and I'm just like losing it. I'm like holy, like this is awesome. Um, and then and then the scariest th thing that happened was uh, full tilt. Then I tried to log in the next day and full tilt said, says your account is frozen for multi-accounting. And this is like, I'm just like, what? Like multi, I, I'm not multi-accounting. I didn't do that. Like what is going on right now? This has been my only screen name for like the last like five years. Like, I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Uh, this makes zero sense to me. And I just, I'm losing it because 92% of my role, the most money I've ever had is now frozen by some online site that's, operating outside the united states like I, I don't know what the hell to do uh so i call up Stu, uh Stu patterson because he's a red pro and i just go dude what the hell like i said i'm multi-accounting i don't know what the hell is going on like i i'm not multi-accounting i swear like this is my only account and he goes all right yeah let me talk to somebody so luckily like 
I got to talk to someone that works at Full Tilt. They were awesome about it. They said, yeah, no, you got this name Polygraph, P-O-L-I-G-R-A-P-H, which was like my online name when I went to college at FSU when I was like 18, 19 years old. I had like, if you look up the official poker rankings for it back then, I had like 10 tournaments played. I, I, I blew like a $50 roll at college, but it had my information. Meanwhile, Big Stack BBQ has like a thousand tournaments on it. So like, this is my name and full tilt pros the account. And I'm just like, Oh, well, what do I do? Like, like it's an honest mistake. I didn't even remember I had this account on full tilt. Like, what do I do? They're like, yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. We'll give you your money back, but you got to go back to your original account. And I go, what? Like the one with like five tournaments played on it. Like what, why does that make any sense? Like, shouldn't you just get rid of that account and keep this one? And they're like, no, you got to go back to your original account. And I'm like, you realize that if I do that, that I will now be multi-accounting because no one's going to know this new account and they all know my old one. And they're just like, yeah, that's what you got to do. I was like, all right, can I keep the jersey? Can I keep the gold jersey? Because when you want an F-Tops, they give you like an avatar of a gold jersey with a football helmet. And it was like really cool. I was like, can I keep it? Can I at least keep that on the new account? And they're like, no, can't keep it. And I'm like, come on. Like, but I was like, hey, if I get my money, like, all right, I'll be whatever account you want me to be. Like, just give me that money. So I go back to this old account that I haven't had. I had to find the password to the account to get it back. So I had to go into my FSU email. And I haven't been on FSU email in six years. So, like, it took me a while to figure that out. But eventually I just got it. I changed the email. I have a new account, Polygraph. I don't have a gold jersey, but at least I have the 100K. And I'm just, like, a huge sigh of relief. So now I'm, I'm, I'm pumped up and now I'm going out to the World Series and I actually got a bankroll this year. Like I actually got, and this is 2009. So now I actually got like, this is, I'm like 25 years old and I, I don't have to, I'm not as focused on just playing like satellites the whole time. Like now I get to like play some events. Like I'm, I'm pumped up. Like I get to play like some bracelet events. So I bring like 20,000 with me out to Vegas. And um, that's actually like this is around the time where I met like two of my really good friends in poker, uh, McLean Carr and Jeff Gross. There's like two, like Jeff is still like doing big things in poker. And um, McLean is, is retired. He's, he's in the corporate world now. But, uh, but now, I remember we were playing tournaments together and yeah, like I, you know, I had some ups and downs, but like I, nothing, nothing great. And then all of a sudden the last event of that world series, I remember I was up like, I was up like, I was at like 20, 25K. I was up like 5K. So I bought in the 5K 6 Max. It was the World Series. I figured like I'm allowed to justify taking a shot at World Series. Like, in one of the toughest tournaments there too, <laughs> the, the 5K 6 Max. That's what's going to get me excited though, man. I, I'm, still, I'm still young. I still want to prove like, yeah, I can play cards. I'm good. I'm better than all these guys. Um, so I bought into this thing and I ended up final tabling. Uh, my first World Series event ever. Faraz Jocko is there just playing cra- like crazy. He was doing awesome. Uh, Josh Brickus was at the table as well. I don't know if you remember him. I don't remember um, him, no. And then uh, Matt Horolenko won it, who was just like this huge limit guy. He played limit online. Yeah, but he sat sat at like the full tilt uh, biggest limit game by himself, just sitting there waiting, yeah, for, yeah, waiting yeah. for a prey. <laughs> yeah, he was a monster limit player. He was, he was good at no – it wasn't his game. But he, he he was okay. He was good. He played well at the final table. He ended up winning that thing. He's like a he's like a a stock trader analyst hedge. I don't know. He's doing something big, something way bigger than poker now. He's he's doing something I think with Bill Chen, mm. right guys? Yeah, they're um, they're they're pretty smart, I guess. Really, really smart guys. Yeah. 
but yeah, so uh, I ended up getting sixth place in that thing uh, for like 140k or something like that. I think I don't know. It was, first place was a million for a 5k six max is insane. Uh, I ended up getting sixth, and now all of a sudden I got like a nice roll going. Uh, I played the main. I ended up cashing it, and uh, so like all in all, like I had a great World Series now just because of the last two events, the 5K. and the, uh, I was so tilted after getting sixth in the 5K 6 max that I just regged the main the immediate next day. I went to the, I went to the Palms movie theater and I watched Public Enemies uh, by myself, that Johnny Depp mobster movie. And then I just like, yeah, I got to get out of here. I'm regging the main. I'm getting out of here. And then I like regged the main somehow. I, like I love this. Like you're on top of the world winning 100K on a day that you wanted to quit because you were up 7K. And now you just hit for 150k, and you're so on tilt because you this did is it. months later. This is months <laughs> yeah, later. Right, months but, it, later. but it's yeah. just funny, like the transition of like, yeah, fuck, yeah. I only won 150. Like it should have been it's, a million. It's all perspective, right? Isn't it insane how mm-hmm. like if you just put yourself back into like when I'm buying for 20 dollars at a limit at a limit poker table at the Hard Rock, hoping to hit a, a bad beat jackpot, which is like impossible. Just you know, and and then now all of a sudden, a year later, you, you got you've won so much money in poker and more, more money than people make like in a year. Some people like, t- 10 years, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like more money than most people make like 99% of people can make in a year. Like just, you're doing amazing, but you just like wish you had more. Like it's all, you always, once you get whatever you get as a human, you take it for granted and you just set your, your sights higher rather than just like being there and being like, this is awesome. Like you can't just sit there and just appreciate it forever. You always just gotta eventually like look What's up the next thing and right? see like, what you can do better. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just human nature, right? Take things for granted and want more. So yeah, so yeah, I, I cashed the I cashed the the main, and then uh, I went home, and we had the new F Top series of two thousand nine, the the one that was in August or something, and uh, I bricked it all way too much money i was bricking everything i lost every tournament i had no patience i was running bad bluffs losing all my money so i just i re- the final sunday i read every single tournament I, ha- I had and i don't even i'm not i can't even play more than four tables at once i'm the worst multi-table like i'm not an online guy I, I can't i can't i can't multitask like it's not my thing like i just play one table and i just bluff a lot at one table but i if i'm doing like five of them then i run a bluff on one table and then i got like hands at the other five and i'm just panicking i'm not thinking about the other one like i, I can't it's not my. It's not me. It's not my brain. I but, think for uh, for every poker player that exists, like there's a point to where you play so many tables that you reach diminishing returns, and you just start playing a ton of them shittily. Like I, it, de- I, it depends on your playing style, right? Yeah. Like, I, I think so. like yeah, like I'm, I'm a high intensity player, and like four tables of cash game is like actually I think like six is probably my comfort zone. If I go to like ten, like the nano nocos of the world, oh, I'm man. like I'm just trying to. It, I, I, can't, I feel like I can't even breathe. Like I just, I'm reacting everywhere. Like I'm not, I'm not being proactive. I have no plan. I'm just like, oh, I've got aces. I need to raise. Oh, I flopped a set. Oh, I got three bet. I'm just gonna fold. It's like, uh, yeah, it, it's not a pretty sight. Um, but That's some, right. some people are just constructed differently. The first time I ever met Greg Merson, Greggy, he won the World Series main. One of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. I just, I just, I was going to meet Tom, Tom Marchese, and and they were living together. Uh, for the summer so i'm just sitting next to greggy and he's literally playing 20 tables i kid you not 20 tables 
the most insane amount of tables at once and having a full-on conversation with me sitting right next to him <laughs> while he's doing it. Like, he would make an eye contact sometimes. Like, uh-huh, oh, really? And, he's like, <laughs> and I'll never forget I'll never forget this. He would be clicking the mouse nonstop a million times so that he could make sure he has the right tables up. He just, you just hear, like, you would just hear like this. Like, you hear that? Like, it's like... He's clicking the mouse so so fast, and he's just like he's just on one screen, and he has him like tiled, not not tiled. He has him cascaded, mm-hmm. he's just like click, 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 click. and then he's like, it's so amazing that he can like remember the action in this one table, and then another table is popping up, and he's like coming up with new strategy, and he's just literally he's playing like five ten, or he's playing like some huge stakes too, like twenty tables, and he's just playing them all online at once, and I was just like so, that was more amazing to me than somebody like winning like a couple bracelets in a row, like just seeing someone be able to have this skill where they could literally do this many things. At, like it was incredible. I and was win, like, right? Like, yeah, and, and yeah. still have like a positive win rate. There's no chance that I could do that. Even like the cascading of tables, like freaks my mind out. Like when the table's <laughs> in the background and then it like pops to the front, I'm like, what the fuck? Like I need to see everything like all the time. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a gift. It, it it's yeah you got to be a great multitasker to be able to balance all that stuff at once because i just get so entranced into just one hand just like thinking about like do i shove here do i hold what do i do like what is it what are they thinking like i'm just i get like very focused on just like one thing so it's like very difficult for me to just like balance a lot of things at once um yeah i think darren elias he's another guy that plays like low volume one table at a time um i think jason coon also said that like he's a horrible driver he like gets thinking about something and he's like if i get too entranced by one thing like i'll just drive into a wall like (laughs) it's just like tunnel vision in this one this one thing which to me I, i think is just awesome like you know if that's your best self then by all means you're gonna you're gonna be able to excel much better if you can put all of your energy into one thing because you'll be able to have like a more sophisticated thought process and be able to just like do do more you know you get the data points like i'm like i've always been like a timing tell person i'm like using timing and like these like subtle subtle differences and like the different sizings and like when i don't have those data points to kind of fall back on i feel like lost i'm like fuck i didn't i don't know how long it took him to take that action i i don't know like how he sized his c-bets the last five times he c-bet like what do i do like that's how that's where i get my edge from and when i play too much like i just don't get those data points mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and another tricky thing is if you're trying to look for that online like for all you know they got the reason the, the person took that long is because they got 20 tables up yeah you know their like cats spilled no coffee players. on them <laughs> like who knows yeah. what happens so there's definitely like a huge difference in the amount of variables that you have to account for in live poker as you do in online and that's why a lot of these online guys just get really really bored playing live because they're not looking for timing tellers they're not looking for facial reactions they're not thinking about the table dynamic of the previous 10 hands and why this person might be incentivized to act this way you know they're just thinking like oh yeah that raise okay i got jack four suited his his frequency is so so big maybe i could three bet this or you know like that, that's the that's the way that their mind is working because they're only trained to look at these specific specific things to exploit at the table. Whereas when you get to live poker, there's just an so ocean. many. There's yeah. an ocean of, of stuff that of stuff that you can balance to make your equations. And that's why when you'll see like a lot of these really really great live players, like a lot of people just be like, they did the most absurd thing. They're the worst player I've ever seen. But they have like specific reasons that you're not even considering for why they decided to take that action. 
A- so. Absolutely. Like one of my one of my students, he plays MTTs and he's had tons of success at like live MTTs. Theoretically, he's got a lot of room to grow. He's not very strong like online theoretical poker, but like he understands human behavior and like he's very good at reading tells and like he knows when somebody opens if they're at the bottom of their range when they open so like it doesn't even matter what he has right like he's just operating from that standpoint of like yeah you can't call a three bet so i'm just going to three bet you and like it looks weird from the outside like you see some very odd things that happen but i mean if that's a data point that you're using to work with like honestly in live poker that's a great one. I mean, that's one that you can just exploit over and over and over again. Yeah, 100%. Um, and like, definitely two you, different animals. You just miss it. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, I've got a bad hand, I fold. Let's see what's happening on poker Twitter right now. Like, let's see. <laughs> let's, like, see if I can retweet something or get involved in some scandal, like, reply on this thread. And it's like, there's so much information that's just free yeah. and available and r- sitting right there for you. If you're paying attention and present and in the moment, it's kind of baffling to me. The players who are otherwise geniuses, just smart human beings, like undervalue the live poker data points just because I don't know exactly why they do. They just do. Yeah, I know I'm guilty of it, too. Sometimes you just don't have it in you. Sometimes you just want to go on autopilot and just shut off and just like look at your phone because you just can't stand the. But yeah, like when I'm playing my best poker, I know that like my phone's in my backpack. I don't even want to touch it. I'm like talking with people at the table, like to kind of see where their head's at, like, you know, and and I'm literally just picking up every little, little thing. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, there's information when somebody's like in their phone and then all of a sudden they put their phone away and like they're waiting until it's their action, right? Like there's, there's just, you can tell so much about like what people are going to do based on their behavior and, you know where their heads at look i totally get it you feel like being a lone wolf in your poker journey has hamstrung your ability to realize your full potential so i'm about to give you a golden opportunity to plug into a supportive tribe that will be the poker family you've always wished you had how much money would you give for one hour of interactive group coaching led by myself, Coach Thomas, and occasionally past guests of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. For now, and this will absolutely change at some point in the near future, the price of admission to the Live Poker Power Hour is 100% free. All you've got to do to get your invite is head to ChasingPokerGreatness.com and hop on the VIP newsletter. No more excuses, no more procrastination. It's time to take action and put yourself in position to turn your poker dreams into reality. I hope to see that beautiful face of yours in just a couple of days. I miss live poker. I I didn't actually miss it before this last year, but like doing the podcast, meeting all these guests and people, it's like, fuck, I, I want to get into... Yeah. I, there's something about going to a casino that just feels like home to me. I, I don't know. It's a very weird feeling, but like just going in there, feeling the cool air, it's like... Ah, this is like my environment where I thrive, you know? Um, can't wait for that. And Matt, so we've we've been going uh, an hour 20. And Holy. yeah, no, it, it, it flies I still by. Even, I still didn't even say my breakthrough. <laughs> yeah, we, you haven't even made it to your breakthrough. Let's, let's get through the breakthrough. <laughs> and um, I would love to, if you would like, to invite you back on, schedule another one, and then we can... 
you know, ask the follow-up questions that I have scripted that <laughs> I haven't asked. I think I've asked two, you know, the thing about... Man, I got, off, I got off on a tangent, man. You got me so excited talking about poker. No, man, I love it. Like, th- these are just great, great stories. I mean, that's that's the whole point of the show, you know? let's. Yeah. So let's... If you haven't reached your breakthrough point, what's the breakthrough point? I read all these tournaments for the F-Tops on that final Sunday, right? And then I just started losing them all, t- getting unlucky. I unregged every single one except the F-Tops main event. And I went over to the gym and played some pickup basketball. I remember I was playing like already 30 minutes past the start of the tournament. So I'm at home blinding out and I'm just like, oh yeah, I got to go play this $500. Like I'm just blinding out of a $500 buy-in like, at this point. Like what is wrong with me? Um, too, mu- too much money syndrome. Too much That's money it. syndrome. And and then I, um, I drive home, I shower and then I get home. I, I you start with 7,500. I had 6,900 left. Okay. No problem. And I just go, Ape, ape shit like i'm just i'm just like yeah you know not today like we're we're winning every pot at this table like absolutely every pot uh i don't care uh i'll three bet you if i think you're light like we're you want to play a pot with me the action's up there and uh and i just played out of my mind um really aggressive and i ended up getting a lot of chips and uh i remember i was actually battling with chance corneth a lot before i even knew chance um chance's cards I would have like all the chips. I, I got over a million in the F tops main, and then Chance's cards is there, and like I just like lost all my chips. I'm down to like two hundred thousand. I get moved tables. I get all the chips again. Chance busts. Whatever. Long story short, I, I ended up winning the F tops main for like four hundred fifty grand, and now I'm just never looking back. Uh, what now what was that feeling like? Like taking it down for almost half a mil? Well, it was like ten o'clock in the morning at this point. And um, I was a little tired, but I was just like, like, I remember, like, I was staying at my parents' house at the time. And my mom just walks in to the kitchen in the morning. She's just like, oh, you're still playing? And I'm like, yeah, my final table, uh, a, lot of, a lot of money for first. She's like, oh, that's nice. And she's like, making coffee. I'm just like, she has no idea, like, what's actually happening right now. And then I just go, yeah, and, like, yell really loud. And she's like, what? What? <laughs> relax like uh, and uh and yeah that that was just it was un- unreal um I, in my in my mind all i'm thinking is like yes now i can literally buy into like every Whatever single want. every single main event a- anything i could play everything i went to europe like a few a year within the, the next year i went to europe and started playing which was amazing like just getting that like life experience and seeing different countries and then getting to do what you love to do in those countries. Like I'm playing at the, in Cannes, I'm playing at like La Barriere club. And like, I remember, I, I remember I actually ended up going to world series of poker London. It was, in, it was amazing. Like I, all of a sudden now I'm just like able to just compete in poker with the best I've rolled to do. So I can really try to, try to prove I, I had a lot of like desire to prove I was the best at this point uh the last like five five years or so I I don't want that anymore like that's not something I care about um uh, but but when I was younger I really just wanted everyone to look at me and say oh that's the best poker player like in the room I love that like that guy's the best but like yeah I, I've grown apart from that for sure but nonetheless like I was able to play in Europe um and I won the the world the world poker tour Grand Prix Grand Prix de Paris in, in, in France. That's the aviation club. The, the aviation club. Yeah. That, that was like my, my, my most, my biggest win to date. Um, and, um, 
and that was incredible. And then, and then I even made a run after that. I just played everything. I was buying into everything, and um, and I, I even reached number one on the on the Bluff Power rankings just for like a couple weeks in December, uh, 2011. Like like a couple months after Aviation Club, like I, I reached the number one tournament player in the world. So it was like really cool to like be able to say like I got to number one, even if it was only for like a couple weeks. Like it, it was just. It was like such a huge accomplishment. Like I, I don't know if I'll ever get back there, you know. But like, not many people but, can say they were number one e- even for a couple of weeks. Yeah, just like a just a very brief time period for like Bluff Bluff Magazine's power rankings, which I thought was the best ranking system. Uh, and then later the GPI came into play, like maybe a few months after that. And I I think I like debuted at number seven on the GPI power the index, like right when it first came out. But I don't really like their rankings as much because. It just takes only like three tournaments or something. It, it, I don't, and it like favors like big buy-ins, whereas Bluff like favored the volume guys. If, if they, it like took into account everything, so um, obviously I'm gonna I'm gonna talk up the rankings that I did better in, right? Yeah, of so. course you were one. You were one in Bluff. You were seven in this <laughs> shitty GPI. Um, no, nah, man, it's not bad. Not bad for the kid uh, kid who's playing the 2040 to win. 4k so that he can buy into the lapc the next day it's a pretty pretty awesome journey yeah it was it was surreal uh my 20s were amazing uh, i got to have so much fun i didn't realize how good i had it to be honest with you and now i'm in the 30s and it's like responsibility responsibility like you know let's be a upstanding adult let's be a, a positive to society like but yeah i mean it's this is life right it's it's a journey it is uh, different different seasons different stages of our life different goals different aims but the 20s striving for poker greatness testing yourself and risking and just having a lot of fun in the meantime like i i know that at least for me like poker is great the tournaments are great the cash game series are great but like hanging out with friends shooting the shit just that that sort of fellowship is ultimately to me what meant everything and my most prized precious memories are, are all just hanging out with friends and having good experiences it is such an amazing dynamic like how you just have like these people that like you'll now probably be friendly with for the rest of your life and the, the way that you met is because you were sitting at the same table trying to take each other's money like yep. that's how you met and but like once you get to like a certain place in poker like you don't think about like the, your buddy stacks you in a 10k and you're like a little pissed, but like at the same time, you're rooting for him to win uh, after he does it, you know, and you just kind of like disassociate like the financial, you know, the financial, the, the risk from the game. And you're just focusing on making the best decisions that you possibly can. So and once you can do that, then like if somebody does, you know, take all your chips in a tournament, like you, you don't have any bad feelings towards them. You know, you're just you just want them to do well. No matter what avenue in life, right, there's this filtration process that funnels specific people towards specific things. And, like, you know, you, you watch UFC and these guys that have talked shit to each other for months, they get in this <laughs> five-round five war and, like, they hug each other afterwards, right? Like, they have this mutual respect after going through the trials and tribulations that's like, yeah, we fucking did that, you know? Like, basketball players shake hands, they chat, they laugh after games. Like, there's always this mutual respect among competitors especially like when very few people in the world know what it takes to be an elite poker player the people that do know what it takes 
and see that in other people, like they, there's just a respect there that you can't find anywhere else. And, and it's, it's just totally natural to me that these people would be attracted to each other and would be good friends, like off the felt, just as they're great competitors on the felt. So Matt, if you're down for round two, we can ask, ask some of the more, uh, standardized questions of the show i mean this to me though is, is just amazing here hearing about your journey sharing it with the audience we didn't even get into poker rhythm which is like at yeah. the, the very top of my uh my, my sheet there um, uh, yeah so if you want to tell the listener a little bit about poker rhythm and where they can find you on the world wide web and then we'll uh we'll break and do a round two yeah sure um Poker Rhythm, that is my baby. This is the only uh, – there's a big tournament going on in Florida right now, and I'm not even thinking about playing it because my all of my focus is on Poker Rhythm. This is a online platform, and it's a professional poker league that we shoot live. It's a new concept. It's duplicate poker, and basically what it is is teams are going to be playing poker with each other. We – called duplicate poker because you're going to get the exact same cards at every single table so that each team has a chance to play each seat for the hand distributions. And um, we just started streaming on Twitch and YouTube. Uh, our website is now live, www.pokerrhythm.com. That's poker, I-T-H-M, like an algorithm. It's a poker algorithm. Uh, that's how we got our name because the algorithm is – embedded into our software for our online game that we're releasing soon. And that's going to give you a ranking in the world. So rather than trying to be the best uh, and and uh, win all the money for all the glory and all the fame, like you can just go play online for free. You get your ranking, the better that you do, the tougher opponents that you end up playing. And you're going to have a world ranking on a, on a new poker game. It's only 16 hands at a time, so it takes you about 10 minutes to 10 to 15 minutes to play a whole game. And you could, if you liked it, you could just register another game right after and play as long as of a session that you want. The, but there, it's not, a, it's not a huge time commitment. The the question is, um, how do you prevent collusion? Like, if people know all the hands, if they're playing duplicate, like, how do you prevent people from isolated tables? Okay. So uh, we have four tables that we have, but the players are completely isolated. They don't know the scores in the match. They only know the score at their own table. Um, and they can't talk to anyone else in their team until the whole entire match is complete. Uh, that makes so sense. So there's zero collusion, you know, and and everybody's just trying to play to, to see who does the best. And it's really cool because even though you're playing at a table with three other people from other teams, you're also playing against the people from other teams that played your seat at the other tables because they're getting your situations just like you did. Uh, so obviously there's variance because you're playing your hands against different people. But like – all in all, at the end of the day, we could say this team played the cards the best. This team ends up getting the win for the match. There's going to be 20 regular season episodes and a championship. And we got episode number four happening this Tuesday, which is January 25th. I don't know. Saturday, <laughs> I, I'm not sure what even today is. Uh... 26, January 26th. 26, uh, yeah. So it's every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we have the show and uh, you're gonna see like some pretty good poker players compete it out. That's sick, man. Out, I, I love out. I love that idea. Like you, you got everybody gets the same cards, whichever team does the best wins wins it. Um, so can't blame anybody but yourself 
that's uh that's a really cool concept and any way you that i can teammates. oh you can blame your teammates yeah i guess you you can blame them for sucking but uh there was sometimes that like one of my teammates like just bluffed off his whole stack and we literally lost because he played some hand way too aggressive uh so you could definitely be blaming your teammates but it's kind of cool because now that pressure isn't really like your financial implications like you just don't want to let down the guys on your team yeah that i mean that's great like uh, at making poker a team sport is super super cool like i i want to check out poker rhythm and um i i did watch some of the youtube videos but i didn't really i didn't get the the full concept but that's that's freaking awesome like i, I love it and um that's poker i-t-h-m dot yeah, com poker poker rhythm all one word poker i-t-h-m perfect dot com and uh where can the Chasing Poker Greatness audience find you elsewhere on the World Wide Web? Uh, my Instagram is mad, M-A-D underscore waxy, W-A-X-Y. And my Twitter is Matthew underscore Waxman, just like my name. You can catch me on there. But follow the Poker Rhythm socials too, at Poker Rhythm everywhere. You know, check us out. Stay up to date. You're going to see teasers for the episodes. You'll see some of our players talking. Come hang out in our Twitch chat. You know, go see some of our players there too. Uh, just like needling each other, it's a, it's a really fun time. Awesome, man. There there will be uh, for the listener click throughs in the show description and on the show page. So check out Poker Rhythm, brother. It, it's been great having you on the show. I, I very much appreciate your time. Ready to run it back as soon as possible. Yeah, sounds good for sure. Take care, man. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Chasing Poker Greatness. If you have yet to subscribe to the show, please take a second to do so on Apple Podcasts or wherever your favorite place to listen to podcasts may be. For more content from me, Coach Brad, please visit our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash enhance your edge, and I'll see you next time.